When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Yeah, I am proud of him. Uh, you know, for him to be able to come back from the type of injury that he had and still be playing the NFL, our statistics, you know, when the injury happened, it was pretty bleak outlook for him. But, you know, that's kind of kid he is. Um, I actually talked to Sean Payton today. Sean, Sean said he's, you know, the same guy, no no restrictions, doing well. You know, and Teddy's a competitor. He'll try and, he'll try and stick it to us just like we're going to stick it to him. All right, back here on Purple Daily. Again, if you missed any of Alex Boone on the show, a really fun conversation. Some about 2016 when he was a Viking, his uh, post career aspirations, and then breaking down zone scheme. It was a little bit of everything uh, with Alex Boone. Now joining the show from the Associated Press, um, my pal Dave Campbell. What's up, Dave? Hi, Matthew. You have to follow up hey, Alex uh, before, Boone. How do you feel about that? Yeah, well, but, uh, I feel okay. Uh, he's much larger than me. But uh, before we go any further, I think you should tell your listeners that my claim to fame with Alex Boone uh, during his introductory uh conference call with the media i was typing so loudly uh when he was giving his answers that he uh, stopped the call and pointed out just how loud the typing was <laughs> um that sounds very much well, like alex Boone. yeah beat. yeah that sounds like yeah. him um dave i just want to know what's on your mind like you and i um, you know, we talk every day. You switch seats in the media rooms. So now we're like back to backs. It's a little bit different. Um, but they're playing a preseason game. It's like here we are again. And you're kind of you've moved into this role, Dave, of being like the OG on the beat. Now you've kind of you're the guy that we all go. Well, you ever seen anything like this before, Dave? Because you've been around a while. So <laughs> so, how are you feeling about this so far? This camp. Um, you know, I, I not not getting too high, not too, getting too low. I think is. Uh probably what you learn uh over that many years covering that many training camps um but like any one thing that's never changed about uh covering the nfl is the games are far more interesting than the practices Mm -hmm. and that includes preseason games especially the first one after uh two two and a half weeks worth of uh grinding two days in the sun and you know, interviewing everyone from, you know, one through 90 on the roster, (laughs) Uh, you know, speculating about uh, depth charts that go down four or five deep. It's, uh, it's definitely refreshing to see like actual football being played, even though the, the one loss result doesn't, 
doesn't matter. I, I want you to give me the most ridiculous preseason or camp story that you wrote about someone who probably <laughs> printed out your article somewhere and has it in their den, uh, but it, it meant mm. it meant nothing, right? Like you did some sort of feature on somebody, and you're like, uh, why? Oh, why did I write this? I mean, the guy got cut the next week or whatever, right? Yeah, that's a really good. Uh, that's a really good question. I'll give you mine, uh, so you can think about it. For that, yeah, sure. Mine yeah. was I wrote a big piece on Trey Roberson and Terrell Sinkfield, and how both of them, oh. yeah, they had transitioned from different positions, and that they both had a chance to make the team. They were performing well in the early days, you know, before they get the pads on. It can completely fool yeah. you because you're like, holy moly, Terrell Sinkfield's the fastest human being I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I, I cannot. Yeah. Say that there's a guy who's definitively more athletic than Terrell Singfield, and no one knows who that is because, of course, it wasn't long before they played games and it was bad and he got cut. And the same with Trey Roberson. But I was very happy with that article. Like Jerry Gray and I had a long conversation and just, you know, talking about, oh, well, his tryout was really special and he did all these things. And it's, it's just, it meant nothing, nothing at all. Yeah, no, that's a great example. It's, it's tough to top guys uh who ended up being as irrelevant as them but um well i guess a couple come to mind uh it, just the the amount of uh words uh devoted to brock lesnar in 2004 oh, sure, yeah an aspiring defensive tackle and obviously it's a little bit different story since the sideshow of bringing in a pro wrestler to try out for the team and he got in a share of fights both with the vikings and with the chiefs when they had some joint practices but just <laughs> Just sort of thinking about it from twenty ten thousand feet, um, he had you know really no prayer of playing in the NFL despite his strength, size, and, and attitude. It was just the technique was so glaringly, um, you know, woefully behind um, anyone who played football in college or had played in in the league at least a few years. So um, that one was was a little bit silly thinking about. I don't. I don't think he's got that article in his den, but um, <laughs> or that series of articles, I should say. Another one, I guess, that comes to mind is you know, there's always those training camp heroes, mm-hmm. um, and there was uh, they had a receiver by the name of Jason Carter, who uh, was in the the Culpepper era of Vikings teams, um, and you know, I'm thinking it was in the sort of 2005-2006 kind of range, and um, I mean, obviously. Uh, he would have been a candidate, I guess, for maybe a number three, you know, uh, number four type receiver spot. He wasn't like supposed to come in and be the next Randy Moss, but mm-hmm. you know, he had some really good preseason games and a uh, really nice guy. And, you know, I certainly, uh, I know I took the bait on, on that story angle and, and wrote, um, you know, probably a few too many articles about how he's going to potentially be the next best thing. And then this, he had this great, Connection between him and Culpepper, number eleven and number twelve. Uh, oh I boy, think that's in, the jersey number he wrote. And, and there's, a, <laughs> there's a website reporter for um, a, a competing radio station of yours at the time who was probably the. I mean, he was the reporter of record about anything that Jason Carter did. He was completely enamored with with him as a person and a player, and certainly led the charge on the uh, preseason hype train. It was actually probably two two preseasons worth because he stuck around a little bit. It, it was a, if I remember correctly, a late round pick. This Maybe is Texas this them. Anyway, this is exactly why we have Mister Mankato as like a conversation. Exactly still. right. He's he's one of those guys that 
sort of laid the groundwork for such an award. If I had pro football reference up next to me, I could have filled in some of those details. But, yeah, that's that's one of those many um, training camp stories that fall by the wayside um, over the course of covering the league. Well, one of the best parts of it is that we vaguely remember the guy and what he did or something, right? That, I mean, he's still, like, yeah. he, he could be proud of the fact that he still sticks out in an AP reporter's mind 10 years later, That's 13 true. years later, <laughs> that he did enough yeah. in that uh, preseason um, to do that. So uh, now, Dave, none of us have, as you put it, taken the bait on Laquan Treadwell, but I think ultimately the Laquan Treadwell is back stories of a couple of yeah. years ago will be definitively the thing that we like look at each other and joke about yes. every training camp is like, all right, is anybody in 2024, I'll say to you, is anybody writing the Laquan yep. Treadwell can run routes piece now? <laughs> right. Like this is going to be the year. Now he's put it together. The year one, it was the recovering from injuries and, and the Zimmer, you know, sort of saying that he actually trained or worked too hard. Uh, yes, yes. You know, for his own good. Right? It was a and mysterious the foot injury, like, too. Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. And there's a couple other foot. Yeah, that, that's for sure part of the storyline. And then then basically the, the this is going to be the year story got stretched into two training camps last year and and, and the year before. But uh, and, uh, I guess it's refreshing to see that no one has even attempted to to kind of uh, carry the torch for that storyline so far. I think it's kind of obvious Which I th- um, that even the team has sort of moved past that. Which makes it a hundred percent chance that this is his breakout season. So we like right, we've all decided yeah, we're true. not going to write exactly. it. In the, we don't know what we're talking about. Seventy-five yeah. catches or <laughs> something. Very true. Uh, talking with uh, Dave Campbell of the Associated Press. So they're playing against uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Dave. If you haven't noticed, and uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Teddy's going to play, and Mike Zimmer in the clip that we played leading into your segment said that he talked to Sean Payton, and Payton said that. Teddy is healed up and there's no restrictions. I mean, this will forever be an interesting storyline, no matter when oh, yeah. uh, when we talk about it, when they play the Saints or whoever Teddy Bridgewater is going to play for is the butterfly effect of Teddy Bridgewater on the Minnesota Vikings organization and the entire NFL, really. The shape of who plays quarterback for what team is really, truly something that I don't think I've ever seen before in my life. Yeah, you could pick out at, at very least a half dozen teams, right? Probably more if you stretch it a little bit. That sort of that's affected. Let alone the, just sort of that you know borderline miraculous recovery from such an injury to be able to, to be cleared to play NFL quarterback again. Um, yeah, it's that that's one that I think that's you know some stories uh, get get overdone uh, and people sort of grow tired of. Uh, in following sports, but that's, I don't think you can, you know, do that one almost enough justice, just, mm-hmm. just the comeback alone. Um, yeah, you know, it certainly speaks to his personality determination, uh, modern medicine. Um, but, uh, I am, I, I think a lot of people now are just fascinated to see, like, is, you going to be able to take that next step or get that opportunity with whatever team to actually be, you know, the starting quarterback again. Um, that that's sort of a final step, sort of an unanswered question. Obviously, it's you know the Saints um, could be a place where that happens if if Drew Brees ever decides to 
to say I've had enough. Um, but I, I keep thinking, I mean, as many strange things as we've seen or unpredictable things we've seen, uh, you know, surrounding the Vikings over the years, would it be that much of a stretch to see him come back to the Vikings and be the starting quarterback in 2021 after Cousins' contract is up? Let's say they don't decide to extend him or whatever. I, I, I would never rule it out, especially if, if Zimmer uh, manages to hang on uh, and continue you know, into the next decade uh, coaching this team, I think. <laughs> I, I've seen much stranger things than something like that happening. Um, Dave, when, when I moved here, you guys said to me, like, prepare yourself because things will happen here that you could never imagine could happen. And it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, sure. I mean, it's an NFL team. There's always things going on. It's like, no, 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 just wait. And then 2016 happened and Teddy got hurt and all those things. So if you were to say to me, Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback of the Vikings in 2021, I'd say like, okay. At this point, I brought up earlier right, in, the, in the offseason the okay. idea of trading for Antonio Brown and people like, that's ridiculous. Like, it's the Vikings. They traded for Randy Moss one time and brought him back. Yeah, like, exactly. That's like, right. Traded yeah. him and traded him away. <laughs> Anything is possible, as yeah. uh, Kevin Garnett said. That's right. Um, now, I, you know, point. you know from sitting near me in the media room that I have an affinity in a Zulgadian fashion of reading into quotes. That it's one of my favorite things to do is figure out what the sure. nuances of quotes from coaches and players mean. And when Mike Zimmer said that the statistics were strongly against. A recovery for Teddy Bridgewater. Here's the uh, the the subtext for me is: Look, guys, don't blame us. Okay, like the stats said, it was bad. That's why we let him go. We didn't let him go because we didn't like him. And if he becomes a superstar yeah. again, it's because it went against the odds. So please do not blame us. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't rule that out. I mean, sometimes with Zimmer, though, I I feel like he he just throws stuff out. You know, it's, it's like he he tries so hard to be the head coach in front of the media and and filter the way he sort of needs to filter but sometimes especially sort of after the statute of limitations on certain you know angles or pieces of information that are uh competitively sensitive at the time but then sort of no longer become so that i think i think he just has a little bit looser lips and maybe not maybe there's nothing to it but i wouldn't rule out uh, your theory either um I, and, you know it's not going to happen. He doesn't have anything to worry about this year, I wouldn't think, because uh, you know he's clearly the backup there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, who knows what happens down the road? Um, Minnesota, it, the Minnesota sports fan psyche is uh, very clearly tainted by uh, success of players um, after they leave the Minnesota team. It goes on to another team. Obviously, this happens in every market, but you know there's sort of this. I think a little especially kind of a damaged uh, mindset uh, that David Ortiz, yes. I think, really strongly contributed to, but it happens in other sports, too, uh, that I think there would sort of be this natural anxiety about that happening, wouldn't there be for any Vikings fan? I can yes. go to the Pro Bowl with another team. <laughs> I, I, and <laughs> with, with him um, being with the Saints, when he re-signed to stay there as opposed oh, to yeah. going yeah, that, to Miami, it was like, okay... They must know that they want him to be their future quarterback. He must know that as well. Otherwise, he would have just right, gone exactly. and won Otherwise, the job. Gone. Right. So, That's right. 
that that situation will not um, go away. I think if you're a Vikings no, fan, no, because it's really interesting to watch. I'm sure you've noticed this too, Dave. That I there's a, a decent number of Kirk Cousins jerseys from fans out at training camp. There are just as many t- Teddy Bridgewater jerseys still that people are right. wearing out yeah. of training camp. He's for a guy Very who true. played literally two seasons and did have some success and should have won a playoff game and everything else. He is, I think the most popular player. Like if you were doing popular player rankings, there's probably some twins on the list now just because of how successful they've been. And maybe Carl Anthony towns and Teddy Bridgewater is right up there. Still, I think in the most popular athletes for all of Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those where the, sort of the persona kind of grew larger than the actual player, so to speak. Just I think the injury then, you know, sort of caused everyone to root for him. But he's got that kind of boyish kind of smile and a little bit off shucks kind of attitude, uh, like super positive. Um, And then all the teammates praise him, coaches praise him. So fans pick up on that. And uh, I mean, there wasn't anything, necessarily about his style or his success that would say, well, yeah, he's going to be that popular, but yeah, it's sort of, sort of one of those folk hero type things that you can see how that, that developed. I mean, you could only imagine if he'd been able to stay and how big, a big of a deal he would be here now. Mm, yeah, no, I mean, and I think all the time about if he's the quarterback in 2016, with a little bit more pocket presence, or 2017 when everything goes yeah. right, or 2000, you know, it's just yep. like clearly a more skilled, um, you know, player who was on the rise, and then you know that'll always be, I think, a top five what if in Minnesota sports history. Before I let you go, Dave, I, I love just yeah. kick, kicking things around with you, um, and and so people are getting like this is what it's like in the media room, except for without some things that we would not bring to the radio. So anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, and you know exactly what snacks. I'm talking we'll about, but we'll just snacks. move on quickly yeah. from from that. Um, just so there's a game. It's on Friday night, and there are teams playing, and there are players who are going to be involved. Tell me what you are looking for when you are watching Friday night's preseason contest, Dave. What is it going to be on your mind? First, uh, is trying to get my kids to bed without a fight <laughs> about uh, an extra show. Um, extra episode of um, Storybots or Beatbox. No, um, oh, are you going to start watching uh, in? Uh, I, it's it uh, yeah, when when Sloter is in, right? I'll pick it up. <laughs> well, you just you just have the DVR, you know, with uh, the recording going. You know, we cut the cord, but uh, streaming YouTube TV. So I just pick up where the broadcast started and then fast forward conveniently through the commercials. But I, I think definitely, um, no matter how many series. Uh, the the first team offense plays. I mean, that's that's definitely what I'll be watching. Just sort of how do they look? It's not it's wholly unfair, uh, positive or negative to draw conclusions from that. But it's new. It's a new scheme. Obviously, this offensive line um, really needs to perform better this season. You know, uh, they've got a new you know blocking scheme. Um, you know, there's a, a couple new pieces at least with with Irv Smith, um, Alexander Madison if he plays. As a potential number two back, and then and, and, you know this number three receiver derby. So there, there's a lot of intrigue um, watching that offense in the in the preseason for sure. And I'd be willing to bet that over the course of of the you know four preseason games that because of that the first team offense will stay out there longer than mm-hmm. your average first team offense around the league. So that gives that gives you more reason to 
to stay tuned in. Um, you know, it's kind of only the diehards that really are interested in this in the second half of these games with the, the bottom of the roster guys. Um, Which is why we will say, break uh, it down on the yeah. show uh, every moment. Yeah, on Monday. The, yeah, uh, I'm sure that'll be. <laughs> there's much more content for you to dive into after they've actually played. Exactly, we can tell you if. Um, who do I want to? Who do I want to pick? Alexander Hollins had a deep ball from Jake Browning sure. or something. Um, Dave, do you have a prediction for for that um, kind of Mister Mankato type mm-hmm. like bottom of the roster flash for tomorrow night's game? So I, I am I've been given grief here on the show constantly by Courtney Cronin over me picking the favorite Alexander Madison for Mister Mankato. So I'm obviously watching yeah. him, and he's going to play probably with the first team. And very, at very least with the second team, assuming he's 100%. He was a little dinged up, but I, I think he'll play. Right. But if we're talking yeah. about who's the guy nobody's ever heard of that then all of a sudden yeah. does something, you know yeah. what? I'm going to go with Those Dave. I'm going to say it's a, a pick six. I'm going to say it's a cornerback. It's Chris Boyd. Mm-hmm. It's Craig James. Mm-hmm. I've liked Craig James since last preseason just a little bit as a guy that you know could play maybe in the NFL. I'm going to say that somebody like that, Duke Thomas, one of these corners no yeah, one's ever heard of, like that. jumps in front of a football and runs it back for a touchdown by whoever the fourth quarterback is for New Orleans. That's my prediction. You give me one, and then you got to sure. go. Um, I'll go. Uh, I'll go. Uh, one of those deep, deep cut wide receivers, uh, Davion Davis. Davion Davis. Again, okay, that's perfect. Third or four stringers catch a nice <laughs> touchdown. All right, uh, Dave. This has been great just to catch up with you, talk a little preseason football. Let's uh, let's do it again soon, man. Okay, anytime. Dave Campbell there of the uh, Associated Press. You can follow him on Twitter at Dave Campbell AP. And Dave and I aren't that different in age, so we can make um, constant Simpsons references and things like that. He's a big Simpsons fan, but he's just been here a long time with the Associated Press, so he's like the OG. I was going to say, I can't remember a time when he wasn't yeah. one of the people covering the team. Maybe he's Maybe he just claims to still be, oh no, I think he did turn 40. So maybe he um a little bit older than maybe me, he's like yeah okay so all right so I, he's a lot older than me then I'm not <laughs> even close not even close to forty <laughs> all right I take it all back all right we'll we'll take a break um I don't think anyone is scheduled to be in with me Jonathan for the first time in like a long time I so looked at the schedule back that is true so no maybe, one has been maybe someone will walk in and be on the radio with me as we on this Thursday a Vikings travel day I wrote a big piece about expectations so I can read it aloud. And talk a little bit more about Vikings expectations for this year if no one comes in to be on the show. Story time so, with Collar. That's right. It, it will be. It'll be like a book on tape. Yes. It'll be like, <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings open to the season against Atlanta. Or you uh, could just read it normally. Yeah. No. No? Disagree. All okay. right. We'll <laughs> take a break. Maybe somebody will show up. We'll be back talking Vikings here on Purple Daily. He just continues to show that... Um, when you throw it to him in those moments, he makes you right. He catches it. Uh, the play he made in the back of the end zone today was just really impressive. Uh, he kind of ran out of real estate and stopped and just had to kind of post up and just did a great job of walling the defender without committing pass interference and then making a strong catch. And uh, did a similar thing on a corner out in the front corner of the end zone at the end of practice. And he had a couple others through seven-on-sevens and other periods in previous days. So the more you do it, the more you see it. Uh, you know, the more you realize that's that's a strength of his. And I guess I look back and, and regret a little bit not doing that more with him last year and then hopefully look forward this year to giving him more opportunities to make you right when really everything in you is telling you, hey, he's really not open, but let's give him a shot, you know.
Okay, we will not have to do books on tape, Jonathan. We found a Zolgad. He is in studio, Judd Zolgad, for the last half hour of the show. And, Wandering uh, around the hallways. Can, can we just react to Alex Boone being in here? It was great. Um, I really enjoyed Alex talking about the 2016 season. And <laughs> only you, you ambulance chase. <laughs> I know, I know. I I'm turning into more and more Zolgad. Like this is happen. I feel it happening to me. Luckily, I played well last night in rec league basketball. I made shots, and that's something you can't. I was going to say. So you're not turning into me Other- then. Otherwise, I'd be concerned about myself if I, I like, say, suddenly couldn't do athletic things. You don't have the whole <laughs> you drink beer a lot thing, so you don't have to worry about that. No, but I you like, drink Diet Dr Pepper a lot. I was going to say what he does with beer is what I do with Diet yeah, Dr true. Pepper. Um, Did but, it last night, in fact. <laughs> meant to have a couple. And I am pounding a Diet Dr. Pepper right now. So, um, anyway, that season, Judd, will just never leave me. Like, I will always be fascinated by it. I'll always want to talk about it. I'll always want to talk to current and former Vikings about it. Yep. Because, like you went through with 2010, being right there every single day and seeing this slow insane collapse of an offensive coordinator leaving of Bridgewater getting hurt of Peterson getting hurt, both tackles getting hurt going five and O to start the season and then having it all come apart. Um, the, the person hanging off of the truss at the end of the game from the flag, the, yep. the plane going off of the runway, just it, that season never stopped. And to hear him talk about that, he said that it still keeps him up at night. And I thought, Kind of same. Like, I still will just be out there and think about, man. Like, because it was so weird? Yeah, or or be, so because he's we despondent about the fact that the team fell apart so badly after a great start? Well, it's, yeah, for him, that's what it is. Like, for us, it's just, you know, I, I fun's probably not the best word, but for us, it's fun to go back and just, because there's, there's nothing that's more intriguing to cover in my mind than great success or colossal failure, right? Mm-hmm. And that script, I mean, your quarterback's knee, I will always go back to this, on a drill that meant nothing, blew up. Like, his leg blew up. Like, he didn't, it would have been different. You know what, if he had torn, if he had taken off that day um, in Eden Prairie, and Teddy was running, and his ACL went, you'd be like, oh, that's a really, really tough break. But the man's leg basically blew up on him. Yeah. So it's this, it's just these colossal events. Mm-hmm. That are so intriguing to go back and uh, and especially now after the fact when people are going to be far more open about it and reflect on it. Yeah, for them to tell you a play by play of sort of how things went that year. Yeah, the way that he phrased it, I think, was just that um, he always wanted to try and do more and more because he was one of the only healthy linemen. (laughs) He missed one game, and Joe Berger actually had a very good year that year as the center. But aside from that, it was just people coming in left and right. Jake Long shows up. It it was was so wild. I don't think I've ever seen another team with more injuries on the offensive line than that one. And that even started before I moved here with Phil Lodeholt deciding to retire. Right, so you you got here right when they acquired Bradford, right? Yes, uh, I got. Well, I got here the day that Bridgewater's. Okay, I was unloading the truck into my apartment. Okay, so you had just arrived the day, and then I started getting a bunch of text messages like, "Did you? Are you there yet? Did you see what's going on?" And then, I mean, I thought, "Oh no, uh, Bridgewater got hurt. It looks bad." I didn't realize it was going to be career altering for him until the next day. When I went out to the press conference and then went to the fourth preseason game, which was so 
you know, surreal kind of because yep. that when would a general manager ever call an impromptu press conference inside of a press box before the fourth preseason game? Welcome to the Vikings, B. I Matthew know, Collar. I know. Welcome I know. to the Vikings. That's when he would it, do it. It really was a okay. This is this is going to be a crazy year type of thing. And and I had been through a few in Buffalo weird years, and Rex Ryan was there. And strange stuff happened with him, but nothing, that's, nothing like 2016. That's why, Matthew Collar, the calm of the 2019 training camp seems so odd to ah, us. It does, yeah. That's why, it does. Uh, of course, uh, of course, except for the quarterback talking yesterday. Well, then, now, I think that tells you something, though, is that and that's, yeah. Kirk Cousins talking about butt sweat and his rookie center is now the most interesting thing that has happened in training camp. And it's really not that interesting. It's just... Why would you say that, Kirk Cousins? And, oh, yeah, Kirk Cousins hasn't changed. He's still going to do and say things that sort of surprise you and maybe don't always go over well with his teammates. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved to have uh, heard that phone call uh, on Garrett Bradbury's drive home from practice to his wife or something like, yeah, reporters came up to me today and asked me why my butt sweats so much. So I'm, thank you, Kirk. I'm going to guess that Garrett probably used quite a bit of his vocabulary at that point to describe how he felt about that. I would guess so, too. And if if it had been a situation where the guy is funny, like Alex. Alex was is hilarious. And if it was, okay, so Kirk says he sweats too much, and then Alex walks by and says, well, you know, he's got this, he stinks too or something. You know, right. like, I don't like your, your hands where they are anyway. So, you know, you... Guys who go back and forth are funny, but this is not a guy who's like that. And it's a very interesting, like, misread of the room a little bit. The tweet that you sent me today I loved, which is, this is a legitimate problem, and there have been good uh, centers moved to guard because of the sweat problem. Like, these are the type of things we, we in this business especially, right now, with football tra- uh, training camps, where, you know, it's pretty mundane, right? There's not a lot there. And not just us, the national press. They're looking for anything, sure. right? Yeah. Like, I saw this immediately on Pro Football Talk. I So, this is really discussed. This is really now talked about. Oh, yeah. I got asked. About, I did a uh, radio interview where <laughs> another city's radio station calls me, and that was the second thing that they asked about. They were like, well, how's the offense look? Oh, yeah. What's with this butt sweat story? It's like, do you, do you really want to do that to somebody? I mean, just like... Do, Here's, what are okay. you thinking doing that to someone? I'm going to I'm going to give you the Zolgadian outlook and cuz I know he was trying to be funny, all right? So I'm not going all in on saying, but here's my outlook on that as well. Offensive lineman. It says it on the TV, on the Dan Lebitard show right now. Oh, you're right. On highly questionable. Yep. It says sweaty bum. Sweat. And I know what that's about. You're exactly right. <laughs> But you this. you know as well as I, but it's not surprising. They're de- they are desperate Dan for topics. Dan is about to talk about Garrett Bradbury's behind and how much they it would, sweats because of Kirk Cousins. They would rather talk about that than anything to do with baseball. Um, sure, yeah. But you know as well as I do, O-linemen are a different breed. Mm-hmm. And, and a quarterback not only needs them, but he needs to get in with them. Like, they need to like him. It helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Favre, as a young QB in Green Bay, lockered with the O-line. Like he said, put me right by them. They're my best buddies. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we can say, well, he was kidding, and, and Bradbury shouldn't take it seriously. Sorry, folks, they do. 
Linemen are a different, and you have to be, if you are insanely tight in their group, you can do that. You can go and say, yeah, his butt sweats, it's funny. But if, if you are not, and you say it, these guys take it differently. So over the I'm last, not, and by the way, I'm not saying it's going to cause a, a huge problem. No, I'm just, I'm just saying this is why you probably need to, if you're Kirk Cousins, think this through before you tell the media this. But one thing I always try to make clear um, is when you, you know you're reporting and you're around these players all the time, you get a really good sense for sort of how they process things, how they take things, and. I, with football especially, it's a sport where it's very easy to be like, they're all in helmets and pads and they're all machines and they're just, you know, these this guy's a weapon and this guy's violent and whatever else. And, and almost like um, nothing could impact them. But what we find out all the time is how much stuff does like that. Outside criticism. Kirk Cousins... You know, uh, maybe us just asking him about fumbling last year. I think it got in his head because he seems to still want to talk about it to everybody. Uh, right. And and yes. what other reason would he have to want to bring it up all the time aside from that? We were asking about it. If it wasn't a problem, then why are you bringing it up? Oh, it's because you're being asked about it. And so even things like that from the outside can impact how players are and chemistry matters a lot in this league. And, you know, it's something where. Someone like Tom Brady has complete control of everything in the organization. So if Brady says something about a rookie that might upset that rookie, it's very much like, bleep you, that's Tom Brady, and he can do whatever he wants. And sometimes Kirk Cousins will do things that Tom Brady could get away with, but Kirk Cousins can't. Yep. And you have to wonder just what the view on something like this would be. Because it's very easy to say, like, ah, come on, guys, or whatever. It's just a silly little comment. But do you think Garrett Bradbury's family wants to see him made fun of by Dan Lebetard in 14 well, and, minutes and or whatever this, this is going to happen? This is the problem. Right? This, if, if that quote had lived for a day and then immediately died, it'd be like, okay. But it doesn't. It's That's, now going to be discussed, them, yeah. and th- and then actual football-y football people, Matthew Collar, are going to say, well, the um, the sweat glands of a lineman, you know, they do impact the potential, and if Kirk Cousins fumbles, it might be on Brad. You know, I mean, who, that that's the thing about this, and, and it's our fault, too, but we all run with this stuff. But you know what? Cousins, again, is showing what I've said for a long time, and that is your contract and your position do not guarantee you the fact that you can walk in a room and say, I'm in charge. Yeah. If Favre had said this, we would all be howling. And I almost guarantee you, Garrett Bradbury would be as well. Yeah, because it's just a different type of personality. Yes. And if, if if he had just said it as a drive-by comment, it probably doesn't get picked up you, by anybody. You told me but five minutes. Spent, I mean, it was somewhere in the ballpark of it was several a several minute breakdown. Uh, you can look at the transcript; it was kind of long. Anyway, so it's not really just. I'm not saying it's going to ruin the locker room. I'm saying what it shows you is that this is kind of the wrong guy to say this about because he's a very serious guy and he's a first round pick and there's a lot of pressure on him, right? And so he's going into his very first game, which I'm sure he and his family are very excited about. Right. But also he's probably nervous as hell. And 
this is what he's got to deal with is that the you know on national television they're talking about how much his butt sweats and it's just it, it's got to be a very embarrassing thing and these guys have egos that are different from normal people but you wouldn't think about this though like Jonathan didn't like when we called him corn dog at first now you're starting to embrace it right Jonathan the, not the, the name. corn dog jokes but not the name so think about this like nobody likes this stuff. Right? right? Like, nobody likes when, because he was eating a couple corn dogs and we were picking on him, and he's like, okay, guys, don't be calling me corn dog. That's because he's got dignity and he doesn't want to be called corn dog. Which, like, by you, the way, I think is a great thing. But no. do you think an NFL player, Well, and well, think about the, the, the ego you have and, to have, right? And, and the approach to rookies in the last, what would you say, five Changed years? Changed a lot. Is completely different yep. now. There yep. was a time when you could have, when when Cousins could have said that, and Bradbury could have come to him and said, I didn't like that. And Cousins could say, I'm a veteran. I'm a quarterback. Bleep you, right? Can't do that now. No. It's different. No, probably not. Yeah. It's and, different. And he's but, also 24. So, he's not 20. So here's my most sinister take on this entire thing. And it's probably not accurate, but with Cousins, it comes to mind. Back of my mind, Matthew Collar. He is a little bit putting this in our minds because... You know why he dropped that football, don't you? Oh boy, I, I don't. I, I don't think. I, I don't I really. That's I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I at least it ran through my mind for a second. Sure. I'm not saying that's why. There it is. It's right on the TV right yeah. now as we're talking. <laughs> it's a national Soaked television shorts. show. They tease to it too. So like they really want you to stick around yes. past the break to watch it. So my point is just that even in a regular work environment, yep. if. You're you're picking on somebody and you're you're crossing a line. It can impact your relationship. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you think the same thing could could happen here? That instead of starting off on the right foot going into the game, you start off by completely embarrassing your rookie to a point where the Dan Lebetard show on television is discussing this. I mean, that is to me that's not something that I... you would ever want. But it's this is uh, I feel like. The criticisms that you and I brought up of of Kirk Cousins and how he relates to other players were hard to fully like get people to understand. It was yeah, like because you, you could almost say, "Well, what's the big deal about him talking about dro- dropping back seven and a half or eight and a half yards? What's the big deal with him making fun of Nick Easton going to Harvard or whatever? What's the big deal with those things?" But like you've seen it resonate with. The quotes in the athletic about how he just has a tendency to make everyone upset around him. And then mm-hmm. you see it with this too, where it's funny and it's not worth spending like hours and you know hours what? on. But you know what though? It's not that funny. No, it's like not. it's funny to us because it's butt sweat. It's not. But it's not that funny. And and I, I think where it's difficult for fans is, especially if you're a fan of the team which is probably the majority of the people who are uh, listening to us, Matthew. I think the difficulty here, too, is people are like, what are you guys talking about? You're looking for something. You're looking. Mm-hmm. And, sure. and and it's hard to describe the importance and the dynamic of the chemistry in that locker room. Sure. Like, people are like, oh, who cares? But players do care. Players really care. Yeah, I mean, every, some of them don't. Has, A lot of them do. Yeah, I mean, every if you're playing at this level, you probably have an ego because otherwise how would you get here if you didn't have this belief in yourself that you were going to be one of the best in the world and you didn't work toward that then you right you wouldn't make it if you were just like oh no i'm just uh just a fat guy like you wouldn't be in the right. nfl so nobody wants to have their pants pulled down in front of 
the rest of the team or in front of the world. And to do that to a rookie who is a very serious guy was just probably not a great play. And it's the accumulation of things like this that now you can almost go around the room. The where Michael like, Scott moments. Yeah, right. And But you can go player to player and like have these little things of, well, yeah, he said this about this guy. Kyle Rudolph, Miami. Kyle doesn't get out to block somebody. Kirk Cousins after the game lets everybody know. So there, Kyle Rudolph, not too thrilled with him after that. You have the Riley Reef incident of seven and a half or eight and a half yards dropping in the pocket where Reef gives up the strip sack and Kirk lets us all know that it was absolutely not Kirk Cousins' fault. And, and you don't know football if you think it was that the man with the ball who fumbled, it couldn't be his fault, right? So you think Riley Reef, a captain on the team, was thrilled about that? I mean, it's just, and then he's got quotes in the Washington Post about how they weren't favored in some games last year. So how could you expect him to win? And it's like, why do you do this to yourself, Kirk? If you just said nothing, this would be so like so much better than giving all these convoluted explanations and, and things like that. And it seems that he has this want to have the media like him, which, why do you care I, what I think? I think he wants it beyond... Us, I think he wants people to like him, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know how to get there, and so he says things. And and plus, plus, I think he's the type of guy who, for the most part, has for much of his life never had to take responsibility. So if he fumbles, there's got to be a reason why, right? Or he throws a pick, right? Kyle, Kyle goofed that up, you know. And and he he might be it might be partially true, but he's dealing and working in an environment at, at a job. Where for the most part, it's best to either accept the blame yourself, but you don't give up on teammates, or you you don't call them out in ways that make it very clear who screwed up in your mind. By the way, so it's been it's been my theory, and this is where I think I'll probably end up being wrong. Is that my theory had been that they will be ready for Kirk Cousins to do things that are kind of confusing to them, and they'll start to embrace it much more. Of Like, this is his personality, this is how he is, and that's okay, because he's ours. Like Michael Scott. I mean, Michael Scott, by the middle of the show of The Office, is really, um, I think, kind of, I wouldn't quite go adored, but they almost start to find his goofiness to be, like, funny and sort of uh, endearing, is a good way to put it. Yep. As opposed to early in the show where they just hate him. Yes. And uh, maybe this is how it's going to be this year, but then you do something like this, and there's no way that this could be taken well. And I, the evidence is... Bradbury didn't take it well, <laughs> right in front of me. So anyway, I it's it isn't worth it's coming up next too. It's not worth Sweaty spending bum. that much more time on. But it's interesting though. It is, but his adds, relationship with other players matters. If this was the first time, and it was rare that something like this happened, I'd be like, forget about it. But it's added to the file. That's the difference yes, here. Yeah. That, that's it's worth talking about because it can be put in that file. And now we are to. Sweaty bomb. On the, um, it's a, the headline for highly questionable is: Do you question whether Kirk Cousins should be more concerned about his center's sweaty butt? So there you have it. It's going to be on this show. It's going to be on PTI. I it's going to be on around the. You know, they're all going to talk about can it. Can you imagine being Garrett Bradbury's mom or something? And just like we're so excited for your first game, and now on national TV, they're talking about your butt. Uh, just we'll end the segment. And how with much can you sweat? A quote from Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. Do I need to be liked? Absolutely not. I like to be liked. I enjoy being liked. <laughs> I have to be liked. 
But it's not like this compulsive need to be liked. <laughs> like my need to be praised. It's great. All right. There you All go. Right. We'll, we'll take a break. He, he wore number eight. We'll, we'll wrap it up here uh, when, we, when we come back on, on Purple Daily. time for the Score North Download. This download brought to you by MyPillow. The Vikings are back tomorrow, and well, so is Ventline. That's right. We're bringing Vikings Ventline into the preseason for the first time ever. You can get your preseason takes ready and in and get yourself ready for the regular season with Manny Hill and Judd Zalgad starting tomorrow night, immediately after the Vikings-Saints game ends tomorrow night. No need to wait for press conferences or other comments from team players. You can get your takes in immediately after the game ends by calling in right here on Score North and talking to Manny Hill and Judd Zalgad tomorrow on Vikings Event Line immediately after the game. That's been your Score North download. Now back to the final segment today of Purple Daily. All right, just a couple minutes left here on Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad stopped in to talk. I'm not sweaty, um, by the way. No, no sweat for me. No, I'm good. It's actually kind of cold. In yeah, I'm this. fine with that, though. This is um, not climate controlled particularly well in this room. <laughs> it's an understatement. So, Judd, there's a bunch of football games tonight. I a know. A lot of them. They're everywhere. I won't be watching because I'm, I'm going to the Twins game, but I know there's uh, going to be quite a bit of um, of switching around, I think, from game to game to game on NFL Network tonight. I'm just going to be um, diving into one after the next. I, I want to watch the Twins game. I bought stakes. So I'm going to make them, and I want to watch the Twins. But two I'm TVs? also going to be uh, two TVs for you, a computer TV. Yeah, maybe, What's your maybe plan? it'll be like an iPad and By the way, a TV situation. Hard Knocks episode one, thumbs down. Yeah, did not did not wow, enjoy. Really, did not enjoy it. Don't you think wasn't that, entertaining? Or? It's way too sanitized. Yeah, Antonio Brown, the the uh, the um, his foot issue. Yeah. They addressed it, but they didn't even tell you what it was, and they had to know that it was going to leak out pretty quickly. Like, they didn't go through. They should have, you know, it would have been great. They basically said, well, he can't practice because he's got a foot problem, but they didn't explain it. I was yeah, not happy. Yeah. I, I've, I um, so I started, I felt Hard Knock started to run its course with me a little bit through the Cleveland one where there were some very notable moments early. Yep. Like, first two episodes because Hugh Jackson's mom had passed away during the episode. And then there was that situation with Todd Haley where you sort of went, okay, this is super crazy. Yep. But... Then it got to be as it went along, much a much softer version. And now teams are all producing their own soft versions of what's going on. Including with them. the Vikings, right? Including the Vikings. Hard hitting Vikings content. So, well, I mean, look, a lot of these things are feature stories that take you, you know, inside the player and yeah. his history, and I think those are awesome. But Hard Knocks has really lost its fastball when it comes to that stuff because there's so much control from the team. Agreed. So, unfortunately. Right. All right, it's Mackie and Judd with Rami. It's going to be baseball talk. And actually, uh, I think you guys are going to break down all 11 preseason games. So that's awesome. Oh, full slate tonight, yes. <laughs> all right. We'll uh, catch you tomorrow. Myron, Courtney, preview and football. Woo-hoo! Let's do it. Football. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. 
Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.